Hey, this is Steve Maddox from Pulp MX, and you are listening to something called the No Name RC Podcast. You heard that? Wow, that's great. So everybody thinks that's I want to be like great. Joe Rogan, right? I want to be like Steve Mathis. Yeah, dude, like that was kind of my first touch to podcast. We was driving through Europe with Joseph. I think I was like, it was 2016 or something. And we was listening to Paul Max for like 10 hours straight each day because we was just driving. So that was like, that was like one of my finest memories of any podcast. I'm at oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's that no was joke sweet. that we, we. It's no joke that we modeled this podcast off of Pulp MX, and uh, JQ actually got that and a couple of other voice notes from some motocross guys. He got a Wygon one. He got Axel Hodges. So people thought I was joking, but I do have um this voice note from Steve Mathis talking about the No Name RC podcast. But you know what? Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Actually, we got to talk about Silver State because this podcast is all about Silver State. So we're going to just drop that intro, which I know where it is. Nitro is the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number two, three, four of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host. Keenan White, a.k.a. Left of the Great, and to my virtual left, who's probably going to be as arrogant as ever today, uh, is Maximus Mortimus. What's going on, Max? Before we even get started, Marco Barufalo, the hero we did not expect, but the hero we all deserve. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I think, I think everyone was surprised i mean either either one of the top two who would have won that would have been a surprise but i think you know i think a lot of people probably normally wouldn't be too happy to see marco win especially with his history with mayfield and so on but i think this weekend i don't think many people like upset that they won i think no it was a very entertaining race and he definitely deserved it 
Exactly. And uh, shout out to Little Bump as well. But we're going to, that this podcast is all about Silver State. Uh, we watched the coverage. We was not there. So we're basically going off what we saw on the screen. And we're here to talk about the races, mostly pro Nitro Buggy, pro Truggy, uh, a little bit of pro E Buggy. And of course, we'll shout out to, there was obviously some good races and some winners and some performers and intermediate and sportsmen, 40 plus, et cetera. But before we do that, uh, I would like to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all the support. If you haven't gone over to the YouTube channel and hit that sub, sub notification, like or dislike button, left a comment, please go over there. We're at 3,767 3, subs. We'd like to get to 4,000. That'd be great <clears throat> before summer. So if you go over there, you haven't, share it, help get us up to get those numbers going and uh, please help us out. Also, shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. I'm sorry, to the NNRC patrons and YouTube members. Uh, you guys will get early release of this podcast. We kind of, I don't know if we kind of planned this, but we kind of did. It was like, hey, we're going to do a Silver State, Silver State recap. And with the racing being so good, uh, we definitely have to talk about it. Also, shout out to <clears throat> all of these awesome companies. Without these companies, we can't. Do this. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, uh, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC. Congratulations to them. Uh, they won Truck and Nitro Buggy this weekend. Clinic RC, uh, Ignite RC, the Ignite Design RC, bringing back Gas Truck, Racecraft USA, WRC. Shout out to Danny Paz. He's got some, he's got a, two weekends off in a row. Uh, House of RC. Shout out to our drivers, David Runnefalk, Jared Tiber, Robert Batty, and Alex Hagberg. I will be seeing Robert and David here soon as I go off to the IBC. As we record this on the Monday, I'll be leaving tomorrow night, which is Tuesday. But being as we just had this humongous race over in Vegas, we had to just absolutely talk about it. Uh, shout out to everybody out there that gets, shows us some love. We appreciate it. If your company you like what we're doing, uh, hit us up. We have tears for everybody. All right, Max. Um, I... Man, let's just, I think we should just get right into it. Like, we should get right into this. Uh, we had an exciting weekend of racing there at the Silver State. Uh, it was, you know, obviously I wasn't there, but I've been to this race twice, so I kind of know how the atmosphere is. So they had, uh, I think they ended up with 1,125 entries. That might have varied, but I think it, it, it petered out where they had 415 people, more or less. So not more... Like not a little bit more than last year, but still a, a lot of people. Uh, we already, I think we had seen the track last week. So we both agreed that we both, I enjoyed the track. It looked good. They went out a little bit more to the left over there where they used to have staging last year. So they put staging to the right, put, uh, <clears throat> uh, put the track, made it bigger. And I thought that was pretty good. Obviously this is Silver State. This track is known to get rough. Uh, I was told that, Westergaard was fixing the track after night after the session at night, uh, yeah, not night. between rounds. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, just to it, add to that, I think, like as you said, Silver State usually is rough, but at least looking from like how the cars handled and what the track looked like, I think this was the least rough Silver State we've had here at this venue. I would say so, and also uh, all the jumps kind of held up. This week, this yeah, week, that's week because well. I remember. I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019. No, 2020 they didn't have it, so it must have been 2019 then, when there was a the double and people were single singling it. 
because the jump phase got so bad. So there was pretty much like only small like hip jumps and tabletops people could do. All the jump phases got really bad. So this year, I think there was not a single jump that had even like a bad jump phase. Like there was bumps, no. yeah, but like jump no. phases were really good. And I think I think that is actually one thing why we probably got so good racing too, you know? Not as much like randomness in that. Well, I mean, last year we got some good racing as well. Uh, I think the rough true, track, true. the rough track, and not getting too rough. Like the rough track definitely adds to the excitement, right? I mean, we get yeah. more, we get different. Well, obviously, think, <laughs> we got yeah. a different winner this weekend. But if yeah, it, it's but I think that, there's, like a, there's like a fine line. Like oh, yes. when it's really smooth, then it might be boring because it's hard to make up, you know, time. Then when it's like quite rough but not like totally blown out then like you can still race but you can easily make up time by taking risks i think this was actually like just at the sweet spot at least looking from the yeah looking from the coverage that was done by live rc thank you to them uh it sounded uh it looked great like there was different lines i mean you can literally see during the main where barufalo would go on the inside and everybody would go out in the fluff and there was different lines around this track that everybody took. So it was, you were able to race, you were able to overtake. And I think that made for great racing. Uh, we, we saw some very surprising names in C mains and B mains in the pro class. Uh, we saw a new winner that was Marco Barufalo that, you know, nobody expected to win. I don't think, you know, not saying that he's not capable of it, but you know, it's Marco and he, he does Marco yeah. things, but he, he, I think, yeah, I think like, I don't think many people were surprised to like see him in the top five or like top, uh, up there after qualifiers because you know, last two years at DNC, he's like TQ rounds and stuff. So he's yes, been up there. This is just, true. just this is true. The, like the thing was that. I don't think I wasn't at least expecting him to pull off that clean forty-five minute run, like just. Well, like we're going to talk about that. 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 Let's finish up on the track uh, and that they did get through all the qualifiers. But I will say this: that the way this this race is set up with e buggy and truggy on one day, and then qualify different qualifying days, you are you are able to do that. But it looked like e buggy and truggy there was very long. Uh, and <laughs> it they got the three qualifiers in, but I can't remember what time they got out. But I will say this: if this is the race, if if there's a race that you're, you're going to go long and you're going to be up all night, it might as well be this because you aren't far from your room. You can go out there. You can if you're if you're gambling, you can go out there. You can go get all all, all of your food, all of your drink, everything that you need there. And I mean, you could probably go out on the strip and come back and still have time to run your car. And and, do I that. Think, and you can like, take a nap the next day. Yeah. I think if you had Psycho Nitro Blast in Vegas, like 24-hour everything, and then you're in Vegas, that would be amazing. That just like Yes. I mean, there's, there's plenty idea. of distractions to keep you awake in Vegas. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's good to see these guys that they did it. They got through their program pretty good. Um, it looked like the watering was, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear anybody really complaining about the watering. So they might've, it looks like they got that right. Oh, uh, I, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard the watering was actually really good and professional. 
because okay. uh, at least um yeah i was talking to chris morale he who he was there racing and he like specifically said the weathering was really okay. good I know that's been a big, uh, a big thing. Yeah, at, I know. At Joey races, so that's good to see them getting that right, especially at a race like this where it's really pivotal with <clears throat> the way that it it kind of that dust needs to be controlled and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was good to see. So I give them all credit, and I got to give Live RC <clears throat> their credit as well because I think they are working on a skeleton crew because they had three events going on that weekend. So they had like full scale boats in Texas. They had motocross and supercross as well. And then they had to have people there. And it looked like they had uh, Scotty Lucas and a producer down there, I think. So Scotty and Lucas were actually in the Philippines. So Lucas, I believe, went to the Philippines as well. He's the camera guy. So they, excuse me, I could hurt. Like, Scotty was tired. Like, he he should be tired. Like, the first day, he's like, yeah, I took a nap. But you could hear, like... He, uh, he was over in the Philippines for like two weeks and then that jet lag. And then, of course, also, I believe, like I said, the cameraman Lucas was there as well. So uh, kudos to those guys because they came over from from a race where they, they were busy to do that. And that's a long race, man. Like I could imagine that Thursday was a, an extremely long day uh, being there yeah. filming and whatnot. So thank you for the coverage that they provided. They provided us with entertainment this weekend to watch this the awesome racing that we witnessed so i think we're gonna uh get into the racing after we pay some bills here that was our synopsis yeah, just, of the of the track yeah, okay go ahead Matt. sorry add, uh, especially about the coverage i think live rc had some uh new you know yes. overlays and stuff so that yes. was actually nice i think Especially in the qualifiers, it said like which car they were following, it was mm-hmm. like whose time is fighting, stuff like that. I I like it's definitely the right direction, and I think uh, like the whole overlay was kind of the uh, Mid America Outdoors inspired, like the I don't know what the brand is called. It's what is it, Mav? I don't know. It's, it's the Mid Atlantic Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. M O M A O. Yeah, uh, that that uh, branding. I think that has sort of um, made them put more effort into it. And I I actually have to say, I can I I at least saw I, I like the overlays and it was much nicer to follow the race in in those scenarios that usually have some. There's still work to do, obviously. Always things you can do better. But yeah, I just wanted yes. to say that because this was the first time I catch that that they had. No, I think it's the first time they done it. Yeah. So I like that they had the chasing TQ up in yeah, the corner, was, yeah. and yeah. then they had the time that that certain person was on down below. Yeah. And that, 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 I think it will get a little bit better as they go on. Uh, oh, but sure. it was good to have it. Good to have it. Yeah, I think the thing is like, I think there are as many ideas as there are people, and probably even more. So just like, which one do you take, and then put into you know into the production make sure it works and then try it so i i'm not i think it's it's something that you know you need to try out but i have to say i i like the ones they use this weekend and i agree uh one thing also about the track i have to say this this was one of my favorite tracks at silver State because i've always been a bit disappointed of the track yes at silver State, i would agree you know? with you because nice. like yeah because especially you know the Joey tracks he used to build for like Arizona DNC, you know, prior to 20, 
probably well before he moved to uh, uh back to Los Angeles, well, California, the race. I those layouts were like amazing. Like driving on one was pretty good, and then like uh watching from live stream and all. I think the flow and all of that was really nice. But I never sort of saw that from his silver stage. I think this one actually was one of the first ones where I could actually see that it had uh, some of the flow. It, I, I would have still enjoyed it to be a little bit more high speed, but I think it's just, it's so low grip that you kind of have to keep it low speed too. Well, I think yeah. what he's, he's learned what he can do with this dart and is able to pile yeah. it up a little bit more. And yeah. it, it's resulted in that having that nice, back section that's elevated and uh, made for some some hip jumps and just adds from for for my swivel for excitement uh, i love the double double section i wish we would have saw a six pack of them i love those um, yeah. and yeah i think it just made for it obviously it made for better racing right and we, yeah. as we saw that because we saw each each pro main was actually there was no runaways like there was a battle to the end uh, maybe Barufalo ran away for a little bit at the end of the Pro Nitro buggy main, but uh, yeah. at the uh, even in Truggy there was a battle to the end between Lutz and Mayfield and E Buggy there was a battle between uh, Rifkin and 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 the Dakota Fan which was really good. All right, the Max, only uh, the only bad thing okay. about the track I just realized was there wasn't many overtaking points. You know, all of the corners sort of closed in. Like on the right side, if you closed in on the double-double, then, you know, the kind of turn went away from you. Same thing on the left-hand side. You know, you could jump from the inside and get get to the inside on the left-hand double and then go up the hill. But that's a very high-speed section, very risky. So I wish, you know, there was uh, like at least one, you know, like 180 berm. I think those are very like good a bowl burn? Yeah, kind of like a bowl burn, but mm-hmm. not not high speed. Kind of like you have to brake and then, you know, it's a technical one. So you places where you can actually force an overtake. Well, it was kind of like that the, after the double. The double and yeah, the yeah. straight on the second straight where they had yeah, to but I saw that, a little bump try to get yeah. down there and overtake Barufa yeah. quite a few but times. The issue, correct, the issue with that yeah, the issue with that was that it was really flat and there was bumps on the outside. It was. So you kind of, it was, it was a very narrow line. So it was hard to pull it off. And it, like, just that because there's so many 90 degree corners, which we all know is very hard. Like it's impossible to pass in a 90 degree corner. So I think, you know, that's something that this track I think that maybe was missing. That S turn, that's where we yeah. saw a lot of forced issues. Uh, yeah. We saw a lot of, yeah, I mean, also, we, this is where we saw the X-ray retaliation. We'll talk about that. I have a video yeah. of that. Yeah, the, the one way. on the left-hand side, right? Yeah, yeah. On the left side, yeah. that's where a lot of people forced their way through there. And that yeah. 180 prior to that, actually, you can see where Brorock forced his way through there as well. But yeah. uh, we'll and talk also, about, we'll that's talk about when Fee Kassman. crashed, too. Yeah, Fee oh, crashed there, too, twice. It was a hard segment. It was a very hard yeah. segment. He bumped off there, and, and yeah. he, he ran into the fluff. But yeah. uh, that's we'll talk when, about that. That's when Marco took the lead eventually. Yes. Like that's yes. kind of yeah. what decided race. Obviously, there was lots of after that. But yeah. All right. We'll talk but about overall, that. Overall, positive vibes of the track. And I think actually, shout out to Anthony because I think he's I one. I think he had a big reason. influence on it. Yeah. Because if it was just Joey, I bet he 
wouldn't have the time to keep packing those jumps every night, you know? Well, I think that Westgard's probably one of the best, if not the best track builders right now. And his jumps yeah. always seem to last a very long time and are well made. So he's definitely got that going for him. Kudos to Factory Tracks. All right, we have to pay some bills and then we will be back. Uh, we'd like to thank Clinic RC and Racetech Engines for all their support. Here are the their new Racetech Engines. I see that they were doing some work toward with them here the other day. You can find out more about Racetech Engines at www.clinicrc.com. And shout out to Invisible Speed. As you guys know, the 20% of this Invisible Speed commercial is not applicable because Joseph hasn't made a new one. But you can go to invisiblespeed.net, use the affiliate link that's in the written description of this podcast, and it'll help us out a little bit as well. Maxi, I think we should start off this by talking about qualifying. Uh, we for this we will focus mostly on Pro Nitro Buggy, uh, just because that's our main class and it is the glory. But qualifying was actually very interesting to start off the week. We saw uh, well, I will touch on some truggy stuff. We saw Camden Line Q. This is what Key TQ Q3 of of Truggy, but they didn't make the main. I don't think. Um, unfortunate, but he did have an really? excellent, yeah. He TQ'd Q3 possible? of Truggy, but did not make the main. Uh, I don't know why, I don't know what his um, what he done in the other in the other qualifiers, but he did. But Camden Line was extremely, yeah, Camden Line was extremely fast in Nitro Buggy, and I think he had a uh, let's see, let's see, he had he actually started. He started fifth. He had a second from round yes. two. So he, he was had a I think, very beautiful round two. Like he was yeah. on fire. I think, you know, I don't think it's even like he had a good round or whatever, because I think he was just pretty solid all weekend, yes, to be honest. Like he made like straight the main from Well, his first round wasn't very good. He had a thirty five and then he had a two and a seven. Yeah. And I, it's kind of funny because <laughs> He, just he, had, he well yeah that too like we kind of were saying like he he's, he's gonna have his time but on e-buggy he had a 42 29 and a 5 then on uh, buggy he had a 2 and a 7 and a 35 and then in chuggy he had a um 40 and 23 and a tq so 
I, I don't know if it's just that he figured something out for the last round or what, but he kind of got better to the end. But like that being said, I think just overall, like very good weekend first, for Camden Lions. First time, you know, where like Camden was comfortably in the main. I don't know if it was even the first big A main he's made, but like this was I know like he's made some other A mains, but where he's not yeah. like a. a He's not a backmarker. Like, he TQ'd around. So, yeah, yeah. we was just talking about this, uh, uh, I think, on a couple of podcasts ago, how we're impressed with how he's he's getting better. So, I think we yeah. have to, like, legitimately throw his name into the into this fight now with these young guys. Um, oh, and for sure. Him, he has definitely shown that he is here to take RC serious. He's been putting in all this work. And it's showing. So I think Camden Lime should be getting as much praise as, as, as Little Bump and as we have been given. Well, uh, not as, maybe, not maybe, maybe as not as much as Little Bump after this weekend. Yeah. But definitely, <laughs> yeah. he should be in the Brandon Rose. That he should be. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's as good as Fuller per se, but I would no. put him with Caden Fuller. And I think I, would, I think he's in the group of like Caden, Pavidis, Rose. Um, yeah, well, I would agree there. Kind of, well, I don't know. I'm blanking on the others, but they are drivers that are kind of on that range. Maybe Wiggins at one yeah. point. He's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. a matured uh, away from that. He's more focused on other things, you know, I think in RC. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's not that, uh, what I say? He's more focused on, you know, set up brand, brand stuff and all of that. Well, I at mean, just a great stuff. weekend for Camden Lime. And he's been having yeah, a lot of yeah, positive yeah. results as well. So g- kudos to him. I, I even messaged him and said, congratulations. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, I think so- actually what, one really good thing about it is because I think for him, he's, from what I gather, he's quite talented in a lot of things, you know, not only RC. So I think having results like this, maybe he puts like RC first. More Which I think, the, he has. I think he has. Yeah. I think he has. So I think it might be that the next race is good again. And then, you know, just success brings more success. But Not only that, I would say that the guys, Tim Lime and all those guys have been really working hard on the S-Works car. And it looked yes. good. I'm, I saw, uh, pa- I got to watch Patrick Rossiter's car at two races and his car looks really good. Like really, really good. Do they, do they still run the HP rear end? or is that, I don't know. Is Probably not. Of- Probably not. I'm uh, sure yeah. the the, the S guys out there will comment and let us know if they are. Yeah. Uh, so also, I wanted to say some special shout outs. So let's look here. So um, FCJ Frankie Contreras Jr. made every single A man besides the Pro Nitro Buggy A man. Yeah, I mean he was still close. He, he was, was in the B. Like the B was like in the B. Oh, wait, he wasn't in the B? Oh, no, he that was, was sorry. in the watching. B of Pro Nitro. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I think he finished sorry. fourth or fifth. Fifth, yeah. He was, uh, what, seven seconds off the bump, you know? So it's not like, and, you know, he didn't lose to any bad guys. He, he In front of him was Killich and Savoya. And, I mean, Mason bumped from the B, and he finished on third. And right behind Frankie's Testman, Figueredo, Drake, Pavidis, even Thibaut. Um, you know, Berk and Kilich. You know, it's like I think I think uh, Frankie. It's, it's because for me at least, it was kind of like you heard about him at DNC, and then you really didn't. 
You know, he wasn't at other races. I don't know if he did good at. He probably does JBR, but he hasn't done any big races. Yeah, but, and this yeah, is that's where what I, I mean. Like, yeah, this like, is where I, I implore. Yeah, I implore. Like, I even told his dad, I'm like, man, you got to get over to some of those race time events. You know, you got to. And I, I hope that they do because he needs to be at these big races racing consistently. Yes, he gets to race JBRL and against some of the best over there in California. But I implore that he gets over to these race time events and races with these guys because I think he can, yeah. it's just going to make him better. Right. But yeah. I think great oh, performance for yeah, FCJ. Uh, unfortunately, he did not make the pro nitro buggy main, but there are many others that didn't make that main with him. Uh, let's just go through, we'll go through those that made it directly through in pro nitro. So, obviously, to go to fan was your TQ Cole Ogden. Cole Ogden goes out there and TQ's round one and then gets a three and a 12, and then we'll talk about him in the main. Uh, Spencer Rifkin was looking very solid, even though he had an eight and a zero and a six. He did TQ run one. I thought that Rifkin was going to be better in the main as well. But Ruffalo, like I said, he had that. He had a five, a eight, and a two. Uh, Camden line with the 35, two, and seven. Little bump, uh, seven, four, and nine. Cole Tallard, CFT. I think this is a very positive uh, qualifying result for him. Uh, with a, he had a 14, five, eight. Mayfield. Now we have to talk about Mayfield. He had a three fifty nine and a thirteen. I think he broke. Uh, he had a DNF in round two, but woo, Mayfield squeaked. If that, if he hadn't gotten that three yeah, in that first round, he would have been, been in that B man somewhere. Yeah. Um, Tater Sontag once again making another A man. Not only is he making these A main finals in ten scale, but he's doing it as well in eight scale. We have to legitimately throw. Taylor Sontag in there as one of these top young guns. I have him up there, a scotch beneath Mason Fuller. And that's just because yeah. uh, he's just not, I don't, I, I don't have Taylor getting winning right now, but in 10 scale, yeah. he can win. I think right now. And it's just a matter of I time. Think, I think he just went yeah. 16. I think Taylor is a interesting driver because mm-hmm. he, he was uh, fast already at very young. You know, he was yes. fast when he was like, I, I remember like maybe six years ago, he was already like winning intermediate races, you know. But then for a little bit, he kind of faded out. But then this year, he's definitely been strong. And the thing is, like, a lot of drivers have one good race, you know, like uh, Little Bump has like kind of went over that point already too. But at one point, like, uh, like uh fee had races where he would do well and then other races where he would kind of be in the seat whereas tater kind of as soon as he got in the main he's kind of been at every main this year yes as far as i, I would know. agree with that i would agree with that yeah i would agree with that uh all right so let's go tater ryan lutz in 10th ryan lutz had a great truggy uh run as well uh we'll touch on that seth freaking van dalen like once again like 9 11 34 I'm kind of expecting better out of Seth, but, you know, he made the main. Ryan Cavallari, dude. I didn't know that Ryan Cavallari went third because I went sleep. So Ryan Cavallari went third for the last round. The GOAT, I'm telling you. Brandon Rose also had a very good third round, which helped him out as well because he had an 18, 18, and a 4. And the younger Caden Fuller, who would be your last straight into the main, which was shocking, had an 11, 12, and a 31. So he did not have the best qualifying results 
but enough to get that four and thief place because they took 14 straight into the main. And then you know, two bump pops. And then we look at our B man. We had Mornhorse, Mark Ankelic, Ty Tessa, Renna Savoya, Frankie Contraster, Kyle Turner, who's a very good North, North, North Kyle driver, Spencer Hacker, Aiden Horn, Cole Caston, Mark Kelly, Ryan Pavitas, and Mason Fuller. I think, uh, was he, would he have been in the uh, Mason Fuller, Adam Drake, Tanner Denny? I think those are the guys. That's your B main right there, because then in the C main, which was still stacked, we had Yal Figueredo, Tyler Hooks, Jared Tebow, Carlos Arenando, uh, Lee Setzer down in the C main. He not Jared Wiggins as well, Joey Bardon, and I mentioned these names because these are all guys that have made A mains over the last two years. Joey Bardon, not as many as those guys. Jermaine Robinson having a stinker. Alex Bernardzik. So I was expecting a lot from Alex. Because you can, you know, all the Australian guys talk about him, but first time in America was not kind to him. Yeah, but I think this is the is- issue with uh, drivers like you know Alex or well Kyle Kyle McBride was kind of an exception to the rule because he could yes. go to Silver State and win. You know, I would but, put Kyle. I could put Kyle McBride in the A final at Silver State if he still went this year. Yeah, I would put him the, in the A final. The, the thing is that. Races like Silver State or Neo Buggy or uh, even DNC, I'd say, those are like if you go there as your first race abroad, so, so difficult. You get yes. so little track time. Every time you go out, the car, the track is completely different. The watering might screw you up if you get into a bad sort. You know, the watering usually You definitely need some experience. Yeah. And then on top of all that, well, at this race, it's not that big of an issue. But I remember at DNC, you know, getting ready for that last qualifier. And I pick up my car and, like, the suspension is just stuck because it's so cold, you know. And I never raced at night, you know. (laughs) So, like, the difference between day and night... uh, there okay here that wasn't a thing but completely foreign surface way of racing all of that so i think for it's 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 hard because like it's where else did you go fire. yeah but pretty like, much he, it's it's very very difficult to do well uh, because other other people from that area did better than him but they've been to this race before yeah and that's been the to thing America prior to him yeah, that's the thing. Like Dexter, for example, like he went to America many times and he did well mm-hmm. in America. But this mm-hmm. was, I think, first time for Alex racing abroad. And also, on top of all that, I will argue that this isn't the best surface for. I mean, like, Caleb Noble out qualified him and even Javen, Jaden Jamison, but they've both been to this race before. Yeah, um, but I think, you know, the thing is that, uh, like, what I was going to say is, uh, it's where he succeeds usually is higher, higher grip, you know, uh, prep tracks either with oil or like glue or whatever, like high grip prep tracks, sugar tracks, you know, that's where he performs really well in Australia. So, all right, well, we, I think that's kind of like this is exactly the opposite. So. Let's talk about some of these big names that were weighed on. Let's start with. Bornhorst, who just missed out, he did make the main in the final, but was not really that much of a factor, I believe. Uh, Barkan, Tessman, 
Savoia, I'm not too surprised. I'm actually surprised that um, Savoia was actually fast. He he looked at one point like he could bump up. Uh, Borak not making it. Pavitas not making it. Adam Drake, no surprise there because, uh, you know, he's Adam Drake and he's not doing, he's not, you know, he's not there for his results. Mason Fuller, 26, having to come from the B main. Uh, Yal Figueredo, 29th. Jared Tebow, 31. Man. I think not the best. I mean, Tebow bumped up, but he was a non-factor in the B main, which, um, yeah, I think Tebow goes him disappointed not making his A main at Silver State. But yeah, he yeah, also I has think- to understand that this is part of the evolution, I would say. Yeah, I think that he, well, talking to, you know, uh, people in, in my account. He he definitely, you know, still is looking for, you know, a suitable mm-hmm, setup, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all around setup. And he's know? looking to do well. I agree with that. Yeah. But not the best weekend for him. But he didn't have a good weekend oh, in yeah. New Doggy. Yeah. He made yeah. the A main. He was driving the HP truck. He made the A main in, in Nitro Truggy, which is really his really good class. And I think he ended up finishing, let's see her. He finished um uh let's see. Hold on, this is Nitro Truck. So he finished. No, hold on. Hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. He did not make the A main in Nitro Truck. I thought he did. He made the A main yeah. in E Buggy. So he, he did not. He, he was in the B main in Nitro Truck as well. So I, that's even unusual for him because Truck is usually up there. Yeah. But, but um, then again, you know, usually he runs a techno truck. Now he runs mm-hmm. an HB truck. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of uh, like, you want something you're used to, you know. Uh, I think that at least, like, I didn't talk directly with Jared, but I, you know, talk w- with people who were there. So it was just kind of like he doesn't have experience. He never raced raced on a track like this on the on the cars before, you know. Because okay, so without it, having any techners or yeah, yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. especially in and truck then, because he's seen success yeah. in the truck when he was running the techno. Yeah, but the thing is, like, uh, well, Techno Truck is really good to start out with. And also, it's, like, that's what I always kind of um, hesitate when, you know, we do this uh, um, race, you know, recaps about races like the DNC uh, and Silver State because the track changes so much during the race. And it's, like, it's... A lot of it is just down to luck that you nail the setup for the main and also that you really feel comfortable with the car. It's not like, yeah, like Mayfield wasn't a factor and a European teammate coming for first time at Silver State, I believe, and he wins. Same car, you know, and it's not like J-Concepts tires were bad because the second and third guy and even fourth guy run J-Concepts, you know. So it's it's a lot of it is just like, having the feeling you know okay so. all right so look it, it wasn't a great result for tasman um for for tasman either but it wasn't a great result for tb i'm sure he's not happy about oh, yeah any nah, of those nah. results yeah uh, i'm I, he's gonna have to go back to the drawing board and find out something but somebody yeah. else who had a stinker of a weekend uh is ty tasman man ty tasman yeah he was in the he was in the B main. He looked strong in the beginning of the B main. I thought he was going to bump up, uh, but I believe um, Mason Fuller, man, Mason Fuller, and who else? Um, let's see, 
Joe Bornhorst. Joe Bornhorst kind of got out to a good lead, right? In the B main. And then Mason Fuller came from behind to do this because yeah. Burak and, and Tess, Burak was looking good. I thought Burak was going to bump. Yeah, he was But fast. he made a mistake. He was very fast. He was, you can see he was fast than a, than a lot of guys, but he, he was trying to push the issue, but he didn't want to touch nobody. I, I understand that he yeah. didn't want to touch anybody, especially after what happened the previous weekend. Uh, but he made some mistakes. No, like, just looking at his lap times, his top five average is half a second faster than Mason. You know, yeah, he was fast. His, fastest, his fastest lap is seven tenths faster than Mason, a second faster than Bornhorst, you know. So mm-hmm. Burak was like crazy fast. I think it was just an issue of, you know, he kind of always got stuck behind someone in the start. And then when he got free road, he just made a mistake almost immediately. So, yeah. Well, but, I right. Yeah. So- he, like just to reiterate his pace. His top 15 average is better than two tenths better than Joe Bornhorst's fastest lap. Okay. So in a race where he only ran 32 laps, half of his laps were faster than Joe Bornhorst's one best lap. Okay. So I didn't realize like, how close it was near the end. It was only by 1.1, yeah. 1, only by 1.1, only point 1.15 seconds in the end. And yeah. that was close because we have also, so I have to, why is, so this was a very good B man, by the way, the racing was very good. If you, if you have live RC and you pay your five bucks for your bonus membership, which I do, you can go and watch these mains right off the bat. And I'm going to give you a sneak preview of Tessman earning his stripes, earning his stripes and getting back some retaliation for X-ray, right? But also, it kind of it, it it kind of backfired on him because he took himself out her. But even you can hear the crowd going "ooh," and I thought it was Borok that did this at first, but it wasn't. It was Tessman flying the Canadian flag versus the Turkish flag. Let's bring that up so we can see this uh, X-ray well, like retaliation. Flying the Slovakian flag at this point <laughs> 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 because it's an X-ray X-ray and you can be. Uh, let let me find this. Hold on for a second, guys. Um, I have it. I just gotta put it up on screen. So at the near the end of the B main, her Burak and Tessman were fighting for fourth, third, and fourth place. So Burak was basically in third, and oh, sorry, they were fighting for that third spot, and they weren't they weren't too far off because, um, as we can see, that. So here we are. I think this is with one minute left to go. We see. Oh, here we go. So there's Burak going on the inside of Tasman. Very clean. A boom. There oh my God. I didn't Did see that. I didn't Did see that one yesterday. But that back. was just like he he just took him out. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go back. Here we go again. I will pause it so we can see. So there we go, Mason Fuller. So now the camera puts in. Okay, so there we have it. Tasman turns in. Bur- this is Burak right here. Tasman is on the yeah. outside. Burak is on the inside. Right? So Tasman goes yeah. wide. Burak look, kind of forces him look, wide. And then look Tasman at this. just... <laughs> look at this. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest... Upside down. <laughs> yeah, to, be, to be honest, I think... I think that was just retaliation for his own sake because you 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 paid it out like he was 
he was doing revenge for Coelho, like Coelho was calling him, you know, from Portugal, like, you know, like in the Bond movies, there's the villain in a dark room and with I... the phone, it's like, take him out, you know, like you um... was, you was painting a picture that he was like that. But now that I see the clip, because I didn't see this yesterday, I just heard you talk about it. Uh, like now that I see the clip, I think Tesman was just that pissed that Burak touched him and then went by and just like him. he did. I think Burak did. He I don't think definitely Burak touched him. Look, he did not he did. face him. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, no, but he touched. He touched going into the corner. You know, no, man. Like, I don't think yeah, he touched yeah. at all. Yes, I don't he think did. he touched at all. Look, look, you can I see here so. when he look. jumps here. He touches Tesman's rear. See here, Tesman's rear no, and kicks Tessman out. No, Tesman is crooked. I'm telling you. Look, Borak no. is turning. You can see. Look, you can see his wheel is turned slightly over there. I wish, I wish I had this on slow motion. Better slow motion. They look like they no, touched, but they didn't they touch. Tu they did touch. Okay. Well, they touched right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I they know. Hey. Okay. I know hey. you're homies hey. with the Killage brothers. But you gotta be honest they here. Touch. They they did touch, okay. I don't but to be honest, that was still very funny when Tesman because that Tesman just lost it and was like, I don't even care because they could have bumped. I mean, Burak was uh, a second off the bump, you know. So I don't know why Tesman like lost. I ruined as they were calling him in the chat because I don't know if it's Ty is short for Tyler Tyson or Tyrone, but we're gonna go with Tyrone. Um, well, that Tyrone Tesman. Yeah. Tyrone Tasman earned his prison teardrop. That's what he did. <laughs> Hoodie goes, here you go. Hey, at any yeah. means necessary when you can, take out the Killix. And here we go. We had X-ray revenge for Bruno. I'm only joking. Okay. I don't think that happened. But it yeah. definitely, um, hey. I, I, you you, you just like no, this. Listen. You just like this storyline. You have like this because in your head. Because there's a It's X-ray and Yugen. No, it's definitely a you rivalry proven her. You watch too much fantasy movies, you know? You no, watch too no. much Star you Wars and enough. all that nerd shit. You, don't you know, you're enough. like... <laughs> you don't watch enough. Hey, all I know no, is that, that this, a, felt like, this felt like uh, like Tasman was given, like, hey, you've earned your stripes now. You're fully yeah, a part yeah. of X-Ray now. Yeah. You took one for the team. You took one for the team. I, I Look, I, I'm only joking about that, but it definitely yeah. looks like Borak, it, it was very close. I still don't think he touched. But I mean, when Tesman went to overtake, when Tesman went to take him out, he took himself out. Like, yeah. that was the funny thing about it. So, all his stripes, all his tear drop, all gone. Because he took himself That's out. It's almost like, you know, an Austin Powers movie. You know, like the villain jumps in and then they just like kill themselves. And then Austin Powers, they're like, oh, what am I going to do with the gun? You know, it's, it's like, the, we could write the movie about you know Uri Hoodie calling him from a dark room, you know, <laughs> in his headphones, take him out, you know, and then Tesman going there and doing all Austin Power shit. And that's hey, it. all I know is that he tried to take him out and he got taken. He took, oh, him yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that was like that. That part that cannot be mistaken. He definitely tried to take Burak. All I know is that the Kilex are on watch now for any X-ray oh, drivers. Yeah. They are on yeah. watch for any X-ray drivers. Uh, but yes, it was a very great B-man, Joe Mordenhorst and Mesa Fuller bump up. Then, sorry, that was uh, that, that was the B-man. So they bump up. Yeah. They start in the A-man. Uh, By six, the way, 
this was the second time already this year mason's qualified in the b you know dnc he qualified in the b didn't bump this time he right. bumped and finished on the podium which is a very good result but definitely some struggles in the qualifying is, are you are we thinking there's struggles with this rough track with him i mean i i'd say like even if we look at like where he's done well before you know um what was that race he won or beat Mayfield? Um, Southern, uh, Nats. Southern Nationals. Yeah, you know, that race, that, in my opinion at least, that's not a very blown-out track. Mm-hmm. You know, he does really well at race time events in general, which are less bumpy uh, than, than these Not tracks. as bumpy as this. Yeah, but then again, he did really well at the Raw Nationals last year, which was really rough. So it's kind of like he can do well on bumpy tracks. And to be honest, like here, finished in third. And I have to say, like, already by looking at the results, like, this was a strong weekend for HB. Like, yes. And, yes. and I mean, this is, I mean, to start out with, I have to say this is good. Like, uh, this on. is HB stomping ground. But nevertheless, Two spots on the podium. Um, how many uh, cars? Three. Win. Yeah, well. He, so listen, Mason Fuller, went, Mason Fuller got two thirds, a win, and a fifth this weekend. Um, he got a third in e-buggy, a third in nitro buggy, a win in e-truck, a fifth in nitro truck. I'm a I'm little bit grinning when, or what you call, cringing when you say that, you know, a win. And he wins Dude, E-Truck. You, E-Truck had two heats of I know, I know, I know. Two I know heats it, of it, it is was, legitimate and it's her. You cannot deny it. I mean, I have to say that you do, You are right that it was pretty stacked. Like, that is no joke. But still, like, can we can we leave it out of it until it's like when everybody runs? Like, Fenn didn't run it and he's like, he, your you know what? Maybe he should have. Then he had to have more than one win. Because he TQ'd three, he TQ'd everything, he and then TQ'd, he has one he win. TQ'd, he TQ'd all the classes he ran. All the yeah. classes he ran. And he, he only TQ'd. won one of the classes that he ran. And he almost and lost you know, that. Yeah. And he like, almost lost that. Actually, I want to confess something for our viewers. Before you because... confess, before you confess, we have to pay some bills. Thank oh, you. Okay. Techno, well, you, you guys have to wait uh, a little bit before I say that. I, I, I because your confession might wrong. be 10 minutes. No, Techno I... RC. Techno RC is a championship winning manufacturer of high performance A scale, TED scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. Thank you That's to Techno. A new ad. Yes, new ad from I saw it on this live stream yesterday. Contacted Matt and asked him to have it. Actually, it goes to Takashi Six Nine on there. So whoever was looking up like that, they went to they like Takashi Six Nine. He's actually got some good songs out in our Latin world, even though he's a you know. Anyway, um, what was your confession, Max? So my confession was that I thought I had been wrong. Okay. 
About what? So, well, you remember before the podcast, I was like, yeah, I don't, I still don't trust in Fend, you know? And I said, he, he just, Silver State isn't his race, you know? Like, he might get a podium, but he ain't the favorite going in. And then he goes and fucking teaches all three classes he's running. So I have to say, at, in the back of my head, I had this moment where I, I was like, like, have I been wrong? You know, like, is, was there something wrong about my thoughts or my logic? But then uh, I ended up uh, hearing that he flamed out in the Druggy Main, didn't win. And then watching the Buggy Main, uh, that, that confirmed to me that that was just a scare. I hadn't been wrong. You know, I was right all along. But I had to. I, ha- oh, I have to so that I did have that moment of you know, like where you hesitation. thought you were wrong. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so we're actually just watching. For everyone the... listening, I do have those moments too. Where you doubt yourself. Yeah. All right. So we're actually watching the pro e buggy main here, which uh, Fend is in the lead of, and trust me, he tried to lose it a lot of times at this race. Yeah. I think so. Uh it looks like we have Rivkin right behind him and Mason Fuller right there as well. Um, this was a very good race as well with Rivkin pushing him, but Fenn would take the win. Uh, while we watch this, we'll talk about... Uh, we'll let, well, I think we should just get right into... Let, let's touch on Nitro Truggy as well while we're here. So, because this is where we saw uh, Fenn actually... He was dominating, like he was dominating. He had one lap up on 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 Mayfield. Sorry, he had one pit stop up on Mayfield. Very similar to DNC. And then uh, we saw these amazing fast pit stops from Mike Sontag, which he's been doing all year and all last year as well as Chloe. I think so. If so, what happens if Tater isn't in the isn't in the final? Mike Sontag pits him, and for Truggy, like I watched Mike Sontag at PMB pretty much. Or was it or SI one of those races where I I credit Mike Sontag for Fenn winning that race because he got him out there so fast. But man, we saw her we're looking at a good battle between Fuller and um Rivkin right now. But uh there we go. Uh, Fuller makes a mistake. Uh I have to say that in this Nitro Truggy mean that Fenn kind of you know, I don't know what happened, man. He he ran out of fuel like three, like three quarters in a lap. And just cost him big time. Uh, I don't know if he tried yeah, to go an extra lap. I don't, or yeah, what? I, don't, I don't really know what the thing is because this is not like uncommon for Fend. He runs out of fuel, like, or is close to running out of fuel very often. Like, one race that comes to mind was uh, DNC 2021. Uh, you know, that was the race where he was like, it was looking like he's going to beat Mayfield, you know, but then he ended up like the engine went lean and I think he even flamed in a pit stop and then he ended up blowing a globe up. Um, but I think, you know, if he, he has, he runs out of fuel in my opinion more often than others or at least has issues with the fuel mileage more than others. Well, I mean, when he ran out of fuel this time, he had like eight seconds or more up on on Mayfield, yeah. I believe. 
And I was like, man, he could have come in that lap prior, but to run out of fuel there. And I think, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they'll miss, they, because at PMB, they ran good stints, you know? They were good. Yeah. Uh, also, though, I would say that at PME, there's no tech. So maybe they had to have maybe run short of fuel aligner or, you know, adhere to the rules. I don't know what happened. Like, not only did we yeah. see this happen but, in Truggy, but we saw this happen in Nitro Buggy before the first yeah, pit but, stop. Yeah, that like the Nitro Buggy one. Well, I think we can talk about that a bit later on. But right. in, in general, like, it's it's weird. I mean, he was the only one even going for nine minutes in buggy, but in truck and all of those other classes, like others were running it too. So it's, it, I don't know if he just like, or like they as a team or like overestimate his fuel mileage or then they just take risks or I don't really know what it is. And, um, and Truggy has a bigger tank. So it, maybe, maybe they didn't get as much fuel in it in the pit stop. Because they were fast. I mean, that, that, yeah, that that could that actually is one thing that easily happens. That when you fill up with a gun really fast, it, it often happens that like the pressure inside makes it that it doesn't go all the way full. Like when you fill it with a bottle, it goes fuller than not not pun intended, but um, yeah, it goes fuller than with. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was shocking. I was not expecting him to run on a fuel. Uh, he had such a big lead. He probably could have, should have come in that lap prior, I would say. Uh, but I know that wasn't their, 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 their watch will call it. So, you know, I, I, weird. Maybe they were trying to stretch it. Like, oh, we can stretch it. Uh, who knows? Yeah, you know? I don't know. But to be to be honest, like, uh, yeah. In Truggy, in Truggy, it's a bit weird because he was co- comfortably in the lead, you know. There was really no point in, you know, didn't do it. like he didn't need it. Yeah, but then you know, he could have come in that lap earlier. He could have, and yeah. he still would have had a, an, an enormous lead. So yeah. I think it just I don't know, man. I would say I, I think maybe his. I, I hate to say this, but I think his pit crew let him down this time around. Well, who is pitting for, for him in in Truggy? He, uh, Mike Sontag. He seems to okay. always pit him in Truggy because he does, and I must admit, he does these amazingly fast pits. You know, yeah. he does that one-handed pit where it's going, you know, and it's it's filling up as yeah. he's letting it loose. And he's super fast, and I'm seeing him actually help. But it's just weird, man. It's just weird. If they if they ran out of fuel, they could have flamed out. They could have just flamed out. Yeah. But it seems like more likely that they just ran out of fuel. Uh, yeah. This is the start of the Truggy Man, which Yal Figueredo actually qualified third. Y'all showed impressive pace during practice, but uh, kind of fell off in qualifying. He was fast in a B in in buggy yeah. still. Like I, I love. He was the second fastest guy, uh, like in lap times in that nitro buggy B man. But I mean, just he is a driver who kind of overdrives, kind of like yeah. a butterfly, you know, yeah. <laughs> always on the limit. So these guys had a very good race until uh, Mayfield. Mayfield definitely looks out of all the vehicles that he's twitched over now. Uh, Truggy is the one he looks the most comfortable with. And yeah, he, I mean that he, that does make sense, you know. Yes, like Techno Truggy is like people say it's one of the best, you know, and yes. then Mayfield is one of the best. So I think it's it's ex- it's to be expected for some. I mean, obviously he'll need to take time to get used to it as well before he can have really good results. But you know, I think 
that's the class where I expected him to start doing well immediately. Yeah, he, so this was a 45-minute final. Him and Fenn have this nice little hook. But then, as I said, Fenn is going one stop longer, one stop less, sorry. So that kind of pulls out a gap. But when Fenn put, runs out of fuel, Mayfield obviously capitalizes on that. But he does not run away with it because Lutz is actually right there near the end. Like, he's 3.4 seconds back here. We just switched to Lutz. Uh, but... Very good for Lutz. Like, I thought this was a good result for him. He probably could have pushed the issue. I believe Tasman ran out with seven minutes to go, I think. So he, he I'm sorry, not Tasman. Um, Fend ran out with seven minutes to go. So, you know, Lutz had time, but not enough. But Mayfield was just in his own now. Looks like he's coming up on Bornhorse or Cavallari. There and congratulations to Techno and Ryan Mayfield. They take home the Nitro Truggy Championship, followed by uh followed by Ryan Lutz. I think Spencer Rifkin came third. Yeah, Rifkin Fenn third. fourth and Fuller fifth. Fan coming back to fourth after that flame out. Uh well that running out of fuel. But by the way, what up? Your guy, Ryan Cavallari, finished sixth in Truggy. Yeah, you keep doubting the goat. You keep doubting the goat, the most impressive overall out of all these guys of the out of the the three greats this weekend, in my opinion. Besides Mayfield actually winning this, yeah, but yeah. Cavallari finished better him better than him in in Nitro buggy, and I think finished better than him in in e buggy. So the goat Cavallari is not dead. He's m- making that WRC look good. So Max, you're gonna have to take your words back a little bit there. All right. I uh, mean, okay. I have to say, I have to say that this weekend was, you know, I I cannot say anything like bad about Cavalier because it, it was a move in the right direction. Yes, he should be winning races, but I think as long as he keeps this and then improves a bit by bit, I I think this is acceptable. But uh, yeah, it it hasn't been very <laughs> strong. Before, but I have to say this this weekend I cannot. Uh, I have to say that he did, he did all right. I, I have to Mayfield. say maybe even even well he did well. He did well. He did well. He did well. Hey, he, he let's not call it a comeback. Let's say he never left. You know, you and Joseph <laughs> no, had him no, 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 completely no, no, no. written off, and now he's her. There we go, Mayfield he's, coming over. He finished fifteenth in Nitro Buggy. That's not being there. Who finished fifteenth okay. in Nitro Buggy? Oh, sorry, tenth. That is buggy. better than Mayfield. I mean, yeah, but Mayfield ah, better than Tebow. Mayfield flamed out. Well, yeah, okay, but what? What was that you was gonna say? Give the goat his props, Max. Give the goat his props. I mean, I, I already said he did. He did. Uh, he, it was a solid weekend. He made the main in all classes, I believe, and. Let me check e buggy. Did you make one in e buggy? Uh, not sure. I would have to bring that. Uh, up. All right. So let's talk about. I believe he made the main in e buggy because I did see him. Let's go. Let's. You know what? Let's take a break. I don't see him in e buggy. You find if he is an e buggy. I'm gonna pay some bills and then we're gonna come back and talk about nitro buggy. Oh, he okay? was thirteen. See. Always trying to doubt him. Always trying to doubt him. Hey, guys, I am going. I Tomorrow, I fly off to Barcelona, Portugal, where I am going to be a part of the International Buggy Challenge, which is taking place 
at the Punta de, I don't know the name of the facility, but uh, it belongs to Yao Figueredo. Punta uh, de la Esta. No, that's that's in Uruguay. It's like Punta de oh, yeah. something. Uh, but I am traveling there to be a part of the stream and do some NNRC coverage. I like to thank uh, Yao Source for getting me out there, as well as Hot Race for helping me as well. Uh, all NNRC coverage will be brought to you by Invisible Speed and Hot Race as well as I'll be working with the stream. So you guys can follow all that. I will be posting links on the No Name RC podcast Facebook page and my personal Facebook page. So we can follow all the coverage from the IBC race coming up starting actually this Friday. It starts. I'll be there Wednesday. Uh, I'm very, lo- I'm really looking forward to this, Max. I really am. I'm excited to go to Portugal. Uh, you know, just my first real big Euros. Yes, I went to the Worlds, but this is like my first big Euro non-sanctioned. Yeah, I'm going to have fun. And uh, you like RCGB nice in Europe? Yes, I have. But this is a little bit more stacked. Let's put it that way. Really? Yeah. Same this guys. is going to have... Huh? RCG in Italy are all the same guys. Well, the Kilich wasn't there. But Kilich... The Kilich not going to this. Yeah, but this, yeah. Has, this has everybody else besides the Kilich. So, it should be good. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the glory. And that glory is Nitro Buggy, which we all love and we're all waiting for. And we all hate to admit it. You know what? Actually, I know somebody that has something to say about Nitro Buggy Racing Max. Let's see if I can find out what uh, he has to say. Listen, people, don't get it twisted. Tebow, Mayfield, Drake, Ronafalk, Boots, Angaro, Fenn, Cav, Rifkin, Bornhorse, Ty, all say f*** E-Buggy. Let's rip Nitro buggy and chuggy all day night weekend and year long but contract says must do damn boring ass f- put me to sleep 110 e f- buggy and listen to high powered sewing machines f- me <laughs> see that is the ultimate e- anti e-buggy rant by nitro cart uh, i was going through some of my voice notes when i was looking for mathis and all that and i found that and I thought that that would be epic. <laughs> he just yeah. ripped. Even over. even even I'm not that against the buggy. Oh well, my actually, gosh! I actually am kind of an e buggy fan these days. Like I, I, I just be... hate I just hate Chuggy. You know. Oh my gosh! I want to reiterate that that was not our words. That was sent in from a fan of the show, and uh, yeah. who really likes e buggy? Apparently not. But uh, <laughs> let's get cracking. Uh, we have. The start of the 45-minute Nitro Buggy to receive. Mason Fuller has bumped up as well as called uh, Joe Bornhorse. We saw CFT there. And I'm not going to lie. When I saw the start of this, I'm thinking... I thought, oh, thought Fenn was going to run away with it for me a little too. bit. And I thought that Ogden was going to be more of a factor. And we see Rivkin right behind him. So I'm like, all right, this is we got a three-way battle here. 
But there's Barufalo like just sticking his nose in, like, ooh, I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Uh, I honestly thought that we was gonna see Fend, Ogden, Rivkin, and that th- there's there's Barufalo right there. So that is very close right off the bat. But the hurry yeah. see, we see Ogden and Fend pull off, but Ogden makes a mistake and just fades to nothingness. Like, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I like Cole. But I cannot understand how you can be so fast in qualifying and then just fade to nothingness in this main, especially when Little Bump and and Mason Fuller had such great runs. Yeah, it, 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 it and isn't Caden Fuller in this main too? He's in this too, but he's he's not really a yeah. factor in this. Yeah, but like there's four HPs in the main, like no excuse. Uh, like what's what's going on? Uh, no, he and, makes that mistake and just it, it just never recovers. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just. I mean, even her. We I, see I Finn don't, just I don't, pulling away. I don't really, I don't really want to like keep saying this, but I've said it so many times. Like he needs to, you know, get it together consistently. Like have mm-hmm. the speed. At like it's fine if he was fifth all the time. I think that would be okay. But like he might be second one round and then just you know blow out of the main like the an hour after you know so it's it's a uh, I don't know and right now like if we're looking at this year like obviously he had a strong DNC and so on but if you're looking at well let's say the past year so counting races from uh, last year as well like he. He's looking like to be like He's not, even, I don't even, know. I, not, I even, not even a second best like HP driver at the moment. Not at the moment yeah. because little bump stock just went through the freaking yeah. roof after this race. Uh we see Camden Line here is battling with um with Barufo a little bit, but see Fen's just kind of pulling away. But Ogden Yeah, that's the thing. So like five back. minutes five minutes into the main, Fend had an over five second lead, you know? Then he crashes. Uh, others come into pits. He flames out, and then he's just just like fourth, fifth for the rest of the main. You know, never kind of catches up anymore. So I'm watching Barufalo, right? And I think you're right. I don't think he slows on. Like he just stays at this pace the entire time. I think that's where he yeah. made a mistake right there. That's yeah. Barufalo. Little he, got by. He kind of. I am I'm kind of bummed for Fee because by far he looked the fastest in the main, in my opinion. Like even if like like just by eye, he did look the fastest. And when we actually look at the lap times as well, like he he's top ten average is best is better. Actually he's his top 15 average is better than Barufalo's top uh, 5 average. And his top fifteen, uh, top 10 average is same as Barufalo's best lap. And he was the only one apart from Rivkin. Well, actually, Seth managed to do a 35. But, well, actually, well, Mayfield did too. But there, there was a few 35s. But he was one driver who could, in the like top two fight, pull out a 35, you know, or a very low 36, you know, that many drivers couldn't do that. And like his top five average is under 36. 
You know, no one else is like even close. It's me. Uh, sorry, Fenn has a uh, thirty-six point, well, zero seven eight, so basically thirty-six point one. So he 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 was like undoubtedly the fastest driver in the main. And just by looking at his car, like you could see in the in this like when uh, he was like that's one crash where he lost a lot of time. No, yeah. no, that wasn't Fee though. That that's was not fly. No, it is. It that's is Fee right there. Who was that then? That was Caden Fuller. Don't worry, really? Scotty got it confused too. Oh, okay, okay, because they were so following this is him. Fee now, oh. and he's right behind. Okay. He's right behind Fend. Okay, that makes sense because that was like confusing. Okay, but anyway, uh, like he crashes on the left-hand side twice. You know, so that mm -hmm. that's when he drops back a lot, and then Maruffalo is in the lead, and here especially, like there was times when he was way back, like a second back, and on those double double section, he just catched all of it up to Maruffalo. You know, and. Here in the left hand side, when he got it right after he crashed here, he 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 was really looking good. So I was Dude, kind of like, I, I, only reason I think why uh, Baruffalo ended up like winning it was because he kind of ran over, like his lines went over all the bumps, you know. Whereas Baruffalo couldn't even step a tire into the bumps. His car was really nervous over the bumps, but. He ran like wide lines around the bumps, especially like end of the straight. He was really to the pipe. Same on the on the yeah. Here you can see this was first time crashing, and then the next time was a bit longer. But all of the sections Barufalo goes where there isn't bumps, and he kind of kept those lines for the whole main. And as soon as the like as as during the main, the track got bumpier and bumpier. He ended up pulling out the gap. Because here, like you remember, in like let's say after the first pit stop, mm -hmm. V was clearly faster. Like oh, he was way faster. visible, way faster than Barufolo. But then way the last faster. two pit stops, Barufolo was easily just controlling the lead, even pulling out a, a bit each lap. Yeah, V struggled in this section compared to Barufolo. And Barufolo really had that inside line on, which kept it yeah. tight over that double. Uh, yeah. I did and see Barufolo make a mistake thing. here. Yeah, but all of and the sections were... was just were, faster her. Yeah. He was yeah, just this, faster her. This, this, like, right-hand side of the track, he was, like... This was crazy. Like, I think even this lap, like, he just... Oh, it's probably not, not here, but... He, he like, just... I don't know how, how it was. I think it's just that his car was, like, had just so much better, like, balance. It looked a bit softer, you know, more forgiving. So when you really got the grip down, he had more grip. Whereas Barufalo's car just looked really stiff and he just drove the hell out of it, you know? Oh man, Fee was able to make up so much time when they got, when they got, we'll show it later. But as you can see, we're, we're already up to, we're, we're 30, you know, people coming for their pit, first pits. Mason Fuller yeah. is already up to fifth. Yeah. Already up to fifth. Mason, after the first pit stop cycle, I think Mason was in fourth, you know? So there was, there was this time where it was Fee second, Barufalo leading, and then um, it was Lutz, Mason, and Fend fighting for uh, third. And uh, Mayfield, 
Mayfield was in the fight too, but he was never like he never got up to third. You know, he was always like there, just like just behind the fight for third. And then in the end, he had some issue because he ended up. I don't know if he DNF, but definitely we went to the back. Oh no, I think so. I, so fans should so be coming in soon. Fee comes in this lap, so he goes like eight forty-five. But Fend is trying to do nine-minute stops because I mm-hmm. think I think what happened was uh, Fend thought like he knew that he might be able to go nine, and then they saw Fee not going for seven thirty, and they were like, "Okay, we have to go nine because Fee was looking fast already in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it happens. Like right now, you can already see the car is like barely lean going, bugging. you know? Yeah, it's lean bugging, and yeah, oh, yeah, he's so he lucky. It he's so lucky. Bits. Yeah, uh, he's, and then he's, Chloe he's goes running on coffee. to get it. She yeah. goes running on to get it, and it's there already. And they they just like yeah, I don't know. It was, this was also very slow to get it on. I know no, because she had the gun and she went to get the car, and then they couldn't get it running. You know. Yeah, so. and, but I will be honest with you. Even when this happened, I'm like, okay, Fan didn't lose that much. I thought he would come back, but then. This is when Baruffalo and freaking Fee just went like they didn't slow each other down. They went, they raced like we see oh, Fee coming yeah. up again up on him, and I'm just like, is Fee gonna do it? Is Baruffalo gonna like do what Baruffalo does? Because Baruffalo would take this double right here, right? That he just that Fee is yeah, going over, he, and he would get so is. close to that pipe. If I was there, I would have just been like, hey, Marco, stop doing that. You have all yeah, this real estate. Same thing with the right hand side, you know. That's what I what was I was talking about earlier. Right here, you can see he just runs over the bumps. Same yes. here, like just runs over the bumps. And he did that all throughout the main. Like I was looking, like, why isn't he changing his line? But I mean he was doing still fast, you know, it's not that but Baruffalo, you can see like as soon as he hits a bump, he gets way out of shape. So yeah. every everywhere he just tries to keep it into the clear line. And that's why he jumps like so close to the pipes and so on. And here, he, he for the whole race, he took the inside line, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. he went to the outside over the bumps, you know? And like, you see, see here? Yep. Uh, Much, goes around the bumps, or outside, and he goes over the bumps. So that's that's what I noticed. Like, he Fee's car was definitely better over the bumps and he could carry a more speed. But then Baruffalo, you know, just held his lines, keep driving very well. So that's one reason also why I think this was like a very well-deserved win for Marco. So do you think we see this? Amazing. Do we, are we seeing uh, maturing Baruffalo come out of that, 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 you know, that madman style where send it fucking or break it on the first lap? Hers where it gets really interesting. Oh my gosh, these guys are hooking right here. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, in a new like this is a lot of pressure that Barufula is under right now to keep to keep Fee because Fee is like on him. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think Barufula has ever been like an immature driver in in like aggressive. But he always seems to either you're gonna get Barufula that's gonna send it. And... Yeah, that's the, it's the the thing is that he he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have like a conservation mode, you know, right. like he doesn't have a, like, for example, Ongaro, like he has those times where he just goes ballistic 
and drives so much faster than every, everyone else. But he also has those times where he just controls the lead. You know, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. difference between Barufula and, and Ongaro, where a lot of the times Barufula ends up crashing, sometimes he ends up even breaking, whereas Ongaro never has that. And I think, you know, even at this race, there wasn't a point where I, I saw Barufula being like, okay, I have the lead, I'm going to calm down. You know, he kept pushing till the end. He was doing low 36s. Like even the I would last agree there. I would agree there. You know, I would. So agree I don't there. think. I think the only thing that I, I would say, is I, I I would have to say that for him the move to techno actually worked out. Like, I remember watching him at the World Swarm Up last year, and just seeing him drive the car around the track as fast as he did. And it wasn't, it didn't look like the car was like handling like any way well or like, because sometimes you see a driver like, oh, that's like, he's one with the car, you know, that kind of feeling. But with Marco, I, I, it didn't look like that, but he was still going fast, incredibly fast. So I think he sort of found a space with techno where he can put the car into like into a slide that he likes, you know, which he probably couldn't do with X-ray. There was situations where he was super fast with X-ray as well, but uh, with Techno, I think, especially on lower grip, he has seemed very strong. Yeah, on high grip, he has struggled, for sure, I have to say that. But I think this is sort of um, his move to Techno sort of um, carrying fruit, I think, because I have seen him have like that incredible speed at some at, at times when it's like low, lower grip and and he's you know feeling it himself yeah i think i think we saw him back it off just enough to not fuck, mess it up like uh he's still yeah. kind of it's still he wanted an amarco style like where he's going balls out he still hit he hit that line the entire race in fact he went wide at some yeah. point there he goes against Cavalier, who finished tenth, by the way. Um, and uh, Fee was just so much more incredibly fast on his right side of the track. This isn't yeah. the end of the race because Fee's right there. They come in for pits uh, because Fee's doing one less pit stop than Barufalo. So we come in for Rufalo. Nicola and Burak doing some really good pits there yeah. as well. I'm pretty sure Nico's heart is going a million miles an hour. Yeah. Ooh, when he did that, yeah, I was just like, oh my he gosh, was, Marco, but the don't thing do was, that he no was, more. He was doing that the whole race, from oh, all the way to the last like pit stop, and I don't know, like well, one Fee's thing. Car actually, looks phenomenal. Like he is. Yeah, that's so that's much the more thing. Cool. Like he can, he can get out of shape, and then correct it. And here, especially here, if he has a bad landing, he can just power out like that, like he did there. And look, but you'll see, he comes inside. And well, I ain't gonna show Barufalo, but yeah, uh, but. Barufalo, like he, a lot of the times during the main. Oh, that was that. See, see, that was see, see. Yeah, but uh, with Barufalo, like the thing is, like as soon as he hits a bump, he's very out of shape, you know. And then he has to like collect himself. And I think you know, it is a conscious choice made by him. You know, he loses in the slow bits, but then as when he finds a clean line uh, on the left hand side of the track, and he can use the non-bumpy section of the track he can like get that's racecraft get that 
Yeah, it's it's. I think like he knows where his strengths are because he took like the sections where he was Great clearly slower than Fee. Big bump. Like he took them more carefully. So yeah, I, I think, would say in the end that that's what won Barufalo this race was racecraft, all racecraft from yeah. experience. And I yeah. would say in the end that's what hurt Little Bump was. Now this is when it gets to this point and they get back together and then Barufalo, it it it's come Barufalo. While he may have still been going fast, he managed the race, like you said, and found his sections where he could go fast. Where yeah. Bump had to always go fast, and you yeah, know, when he did, he made those mistakes, and that's what cost him in the end. If Barufalo was just more comfortable and just used his racecraft of years, because Barufalo is what twenty four now, maybe twenty five at the most. Yeah, um, around around there. So he's I, been I, racing for quite a long time. First big race for first big win for him. Uh, I'm like this, like he does that, and I'm just like, what are you doing, Barufalo? And this allows yeah. Fee to get back up there. I mean, this was a very exciting race, man. I want to say, um, I if if you all right, so let's put it this way: you're Marco Barufalo. You just won, you just won Silver State. How do you feel at Techno right now? Yeah, that's kind of the thing, like because I mean, I was picking Mayfield for the win, mm-hmm. but I have to say, like. When your teammate wins and you're barely in the fight for a podium, second race in a row, like I have to say, like at least in Nitro Buggy, Mayfield is a little bit in the struggle bus right now. I would say so too. I would say yeah. so too. Yes, it's, he won the it, NC. Yeah, yes, he, he won the NC. But I think, but even he said, you know, you remember the post race interview? He said, you know, during the practice days on a big track, you know, it was a little difficult, you know, all that. And then he said, I think he used the word hot trot. He said, oh, the team put together a hot trot and uh, we managed to take the win on the small track. So I do think he realizes that he has like a little bit of work to do still. And I, I like, I'm not saying that he is doing bad. <laughs> He's still. I say Barufalo is right there hard. knocking on his door right now after this win. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I would still keep Mayfield as my number one driver. But I'm just saying, like, Mayfield kind of has to, like, reinvent himself with Techno this year again. You right, know? because now it's not... To that form, he, like, in my opinion, because it's, it's, not, it's not that far ago when he used to be, like, the guy we could pick to every race and you'd most likely be right, you know? It was six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't far. It wasn't long ago, and I would say not only does he have to worry about his other competitors on the track now, but he has Barufalo, who just got this big win. You know, he's been on the team a little bit longer. Been a, been on the team a little bit younger, ov- longer. Obviously, one of the top European racers in the world, yeah. uh, at, and especially top techno driver. Ooh, ooh, that was so good. These guys had such a good race. Yeah. Um, but where does this put Barufalo on the world's scale right now? I mean. He's one of the few Europeans that now have a a so there ain't that many Europeans that have big race wins. So two of them have come. So if you've had three non-American winners of this, besides Tasman, we've had Kyle McBride from Australia, we've had Boots win this race, we've had uh now we've had Barufalo in this race, right? And yeah. and then you put on top of that Rana Fogs won DNC a few times. So that's four Europe. Well, that's three Europeans that have won. Big races in Europe. Uh, does this put pressure on Ungaro to come over here and start doing well in America? 
as well. We had this talk yesterday with somebody, and I'm like, you know, he's the world champ. He does what he says. But his fellow Italian just came over and won a race, a big race, you know? Yeah, so, but it's it's kind of, it's like, it's kind of like hard to say that, oh, he has to go to America to prove himself. He has nothing to prove. He won right, two yeah, world champions, back world champion. back, you know? Like, the thing is, like, he doesn't need to prove anything. He's he's easily the number one. And it's not like he was he was fighting for second at the Worlds in 2016, you know? He was barely a professional driver. I don't think he even was considered a professional driver. At I agree. Point. I agree. But at yeah. some point, at some point, Angara is going to have to come over to the USA and and perform. At some point, it's going to have to happen. I do I'm agree. Sorry. I think I think it would be well. Let's put it this way: I don't think it would, you know, put him in a bad light if he didn't. In my eyes, at least. Mm-hmm. But I do think it would be a shame to never see him, you know, like kind of just to give up on America. Yes, I would agree there. He I went to DNC three years in a row qualified second, finished on the podium, then really tough two years at DHC. And then just, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a world's year uh, for 10 scale. He doesn't want to focus that much on eight scale. just wants to do good on 10 scale, whatever it is. But I don't know if he doesn't go to any big races in America next year. I mean, it, it definitely is a shame. I would agree. I would agree. All right. Well, well being as we're, we're on that, let's talk about Little Bomb. What does this do to him? What, 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 you wake up today and you are, I mean, like Little Bomb was very close to winning this race. As we see, he's in the lead now. Uh, he, last year, he won E-Truck at this. And I said last year, I remember saying he needs to run more Nitro. He has been doing well in Nitro. He's been making mains. Uh, he qualified well in this race. He finished the second. He leads this race. You have Mason Fuller coming in third, all the way from 16th. There's there's some shakeups at at HB. I would say this morning. There's definitely some shakeups. I st- look. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I still have Fuller as my number one HB driver. Yeah, the the one the one good thing for HB at this moment is that like Fee is so young mm-hmm. that you really mm-hmm. cannot like like ask him to be a professional. You know, because he has I put to no to pressure on Fee like. Everybody's going like, oh, he's going to win. No, he does not. No, no, he does no. Not but have I mean, to win the next big race. He doesn't have to win a Worlds by next year. He yeah. has time. Oh, this really yeah, makes a mistake. Like, or, like if we look at uh, look at it from Fee's side, basically it's like we were all expecting you to become a legend uh, of like in the American scene, like one of the big ones in America, and now you're twelve. And you are the fastest guy at one of the most prestigious races in America, you know? So it's kind of like you, like, I don't think he has to prove anything. Like, it's just like, we just wait until exactly. he gets a little more age. Like, that's all we have to do. Like, if He's we 12. look at strictly from his standpoint. But the difficult, like, the one standpoint I wanted to point out was that, you know, HP can't be like, hey, you know, we'll offer you a pro spot, you know? And you're gonna run full time now, you know? Because like he's he's still going to school. He can't like just get. No, probably go out. home school. He go home school. He can go home school, but it's like you. It's it's not the same as you know hiring a Mayfield. You know, even though he might make the same results, it's still different. Like offering well, a for instance, your kid 
uh, I will say for instance, k salary a month. You know, that, that's nothing, not something you can really do. Well, probably like, for his dad to stop working and help him out would probably be what he have to do. Oh, but I yeah, will say this. For sure. I will but, say this. Just just in lieu of that. So last weekend, we was at the North Georgia shootout, right? And fee was fast. Yeah. But then he had issues, like didn't have his car together and then had something wrong, had his diffs in backwards and his e-car. So his, his finishing results were not that good. So it's that's what I'm saying. There's no pressure for me to put on fee right now. It's all about yeah. let this young man naturally develop. Like he naturally came out here and just had a very, you know, his car is really good. Uh, he, he just battled. He was bad. Like, so we would say, well, what happened to Fenn? Well, he was battling with Fenn before Fenn got in his thing, right? So he had the speed, he had the pace. But this, this young I mean, man. He has, was, he was yeah. objectively the fastest guy in the main. There is, yes, if you look at the lap times, he was objectively the fastest guy in the main. So there I mean, is no. He was leading Marufalo. Well, he was leading Marufalo yeah. up into that. And, yeah. and so I, but I, I think, think that, the, hard, the hard question is kind of like, we already said that. With fee stocks going as high as they went after this, as they're gonna go after this race, it's like I'd consider Ogden like the third best HP driver at the moment. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't expect fee to beat Ogden consistently, but right. considering his age and his potential, I'd say Ogden is the third most valuable driver at HP right now. And in some scenarios, maybe Caden even goes. Uh, in front of him, maybe, maybe at the end of maybe, this year, maybe you know. But so, like the hard in my in my mind, like the hard situation is like, what do you do? You have all these talented young kids, but it's kind of like hard to like make them be pro, you know, and do kind of the things that are generally required of a pro driver. But then again, like, why would you want to keep Ogden if these other drivers are giving so good results? I think. Like it's a positive issue. Like it's a positive issue to have two strong drivers. But how? Which? Which? Like because there are going to be people trying to get feed switch for sure. It's like even uh, HP oh, away from AE. Uh, if like I'm my I'm going to have the little bump next year. You know, yeah, but I mean, that. little bump or who is little it? bump or Mason it? Fuller. Mason, yeah. the Fuller is a little bump, so it's gonna be hard to get them. I don't think it's gonna be as hard to get them away from HB as you think. Um, I look, we, we talk about Cole. Cole still brings value. Like I went to this race oh, last yeah. week. Yeah. He won. He he, you know, he's he how his there his you know his he's embraced his character. We don't. I don't think the wrongest thing we can do is put a whole bunch of expectations on little bump right now. Let this, you know, the expectations should be on Fuller because he's of age. I think now yeah, 17, yeah. 18. He he has to so here's my thing with Fuller. I just I just think like had he been started top three at this race, he would have won this race. Because he was also very fast. But when you start from the 16th position and come up after fight your way up to where he is, and then he gets in the he gets in this this vicious battle with Lutz, Rifkin, and Fenn, you know? Yeah. And he's doing that for mid for mid pack. While these guys just pull away, I, I think had he had a better start, he would have it would have been a different story for Fuller. But it's also coming on to the point where I think we need to see Fuller. So, all right, so Fuller did kind of have the, one of these races where he steps up and he kind of should have been. I think PNB was it, but like not as dominating as Fenn was. I'm not, sorry, not as dominating as Fee was at this race this weekend. Yeah, and uh, I, I think, would say you know for for Fuller, like has he 
has he yet TQ'd a race? Um, I, I you know what? We we should probably have these notes. But yeah, I don't but know. I don't I like don't the know. thing. The thing I'm like oh, this is where Fee makes the big mistake. Smart yeah, mover. He doesn't yeah. go crazy. Yeah, but yeah, the point I was uh, I was thinking was you know. Mason is really strong in the maze. They has like every time he does well, it's in the maze. You know, we remember like good drives. But I think for Mason, it's kind of finding that speed like every time he goes out on track. You know, like in in some ways a similar issue to Ogden, but with Ogden, it's the issue that he rarely finds it in mains, whereas Mason almost like always finds it in the mains. But I think for Mason, it's just the next step would be to have the like just click onto the track and have the speed for the first qualifier on, just like Fenn, you know. Fenn TQ'd every single class. Yeah, Fenn always struggles in the mains, as has been the story of the last two years. You know, how many races has he TQ'd and not won in the past two or three years? Fuller is kind of the opposite, but I think if he had better qualifiers. He would have the confidence going into the main and he would like actually be fighting for the win from the get go, you know, because he, he, like in the interview, he said he's really happy with third, but realistically his, his speed was good enough to win, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, I think the next step is just finding the speed early on and being able to repeat it. And that's when he will get to that fend level or well at the moment i think fend is the only one who has that in america like what there's does, lots uh, of fast guys at right. individual so I'm, races. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you at the next race at the nationals i'm picking fan where is the nationals chico it's in chico yeah but that's the I thing hope to be like, going to it that's again a track which really doesn't favor fan i just look even though he didn't have the best weekend this weekend with the flame outs. Oh, wait. Do they, still... do they prep the track in Chico or do they run it like they have run it at, at usually? I don't like, know what they're going to do. These days they run it uh, quite untreated. They just water. Yeah, right. natural. If it's so, like that, I, I think Rivkin is going to be really strong. I wouldn't argue against that either right now. He's probably... Yeah. So it's not... Look, and this is no disrespect. Look, Fee, amazing job. Love what I wish he would have won too. You know, I was happy that Buffalo won, but Fee, I wouldn't have been upset if Fee would have won. I wouldn't have been upset if Fuller won. Fee would have been great. Uh, this is this is this young man has an amazing talent. I think back to when I met him at Southern Nationals, and his, his dad introduced me to him, and you know, I've gotten to know them over the years. So I just want to say, and also like you know, they have a great story. So it's really cool to yeah. to to see that, and the amount of work that they put in that is you know that they do is amazing, and to get these results, twelve years old. Keep on doing it, man. I just don't want any expectations on this young man right now. Oh, I want him yeah. to go out there and enjoy RC. We do that. We do that too much. We, yeah. we get these young guys. We put so much pressure on them. Let this young man, let this, this eat. Well, he's, he's a little boy. He's 12 years old. He's not a teen year, yeah. you know. And it's like, let this little boy. Not even, uh, like in the last year. Grow. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he made his first big A main in Nitro Buggy in like the past three, four months, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it, it's, I think kind of the really like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a fluke 
fluke this performance of this race but it's like this is gonna put his expectations way higher than his current like like uh, natural level is obviously he has the potential to win big races like he showed but mm -hmm. i think i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the a the next race he goes to nitro buggy and i wouldn't be surprised fine. either i mean i don't think that's gonna not happen i think well the oh, next yeah. <laughs> the next big race he goes to will probably be the nationals so that's gonna be even a harder race yeah know? that's gonna be interesting because it's a it's a very different running a semi mm -hmm. versus running qualifiers you know and mm -hmm. or running a main because here he got out front he feels like, oh, I can fight with the best one. So you got a lot of confidence and you trust your speed and you can go fast. But in a semi, you just kind of, you, ha you can't take any risk because there's a train of cars and it's a very, it's, it's a lot more strategic, you know, in a semi. So all those things that are going to make it more difficult for him, or maybe he just drives fast and like finishing a podium at the Nats. Who knows? But mm -hmm. yeah, I think Hers there's, there's no point in like, putting any stress on it i agree uh here's another fact hot race beats j concepts for the first time i would say in a yeah. very long time since ty tasman beat him at pmb i would say beats him in a major national race in america so hot race is starting to cement that hey we are coming here we are on we are looking to do well here in america as well yeah you you are right there hasn't been a win because Mayfield has won on the DNCs. Testman hasn't won any races. He won PMB last year. PM, PMB 20. No, it wasn't last year, was it? No, it wasn't. It was the 2021. Year oh, yeah, it was. 2021. It was. So there has, it's a, it definitely there has been, I mean, obviously like smaller races, but. Yes. Uh, but this is our first big American race in two years. Because it's been pretty much JC dominated for the last yeah, two years. Because everyone like Fuller, well, Fuller hasn't won a big race, but all, even all the guys in the podium usually like Fuller, oh, all JC, Rivkin, Mayfield, all those guys from JC. So, yep. so it's been JC dominated. So, congratulations to Nicola. I know he's super happy about that, as well as Hot Race, because they are a new sponsor of the podcast, bringing you the Hot Race Hot Lap segment, which we will do later on today, Max. Uh, we're going to go on and have a look and give some congratulations to some of the intermediate sportsmen and other drivers that were there, as well as Greg Degani sporting a new shirt to be seen at uh, DNC at Silver State. But with that said, we'd like to thank BTRC. For all their continued support, uh, David Olson, who won Nitro interne Intermediate Nitro Buggy, is a young man on watch and a BTRC driver and new SWX driver, as well as team manager over there on the East Coast. Uh, thank you to BTRC for their continued support. We have an affiliate link. If you can use it, please it helps us out. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you to BeachRC for the continued support. Max, I see the girlfriend giving you the evil eye. Don't worry, we don't have much time left. 
maybe 15 minutes. But uh, we talk about the pros. We have to show the people that make this really happen because they go out there and they take time off work and they go out and support these races. And without these people, uh, the, the races, we cannot have the pro racing. Uh, someone who caught my eye was definitely David Olsen going out there, uh, fit, winning this race, running out of fuel on his, on his victory lap. Congratulations, David Olsen, coming out of Monk's Corner, Charleston area, South Carolina. It's good to watch this young man's progression. He went to Silver State last year. He recently made the switch to S-Works, and I believe he's somewhat of a manager as well. So he's doing that. Jimmy Fishback, uh, just like his name. So congratulations to him a second, young guy. Uh, Joshua Vidra, do not know him. Jaden, too, uh, doing very well. Uh, shout out to Ivan Moreno Jr., who I believe won uh, Truggy. I see he done well. The Carter brothers always out there doing well. It's always good to see them doing well. Uh, some of the sportsmen people here. So Joey had a 50 plus there as well. Uh, Mike Batali won this. So Mike, here's a quick story about Mike Batali. He used to be a champion Revo driver back in the day. Him, Bobby Moore, and Steve Sladen were a team Revo back when Traxxas used to have a team. But in the 50 plus class, he wins that. Uh, let's see who else. Sorry, did I lose this? Uh, our good, Donnie Vilcomona takes second, and our good friend, your dad, Bartholomew Baker, comes third. So there's your dad coming third, Max. Your Actually, by the dad. way, because there was a lot of TLRs in the main, right? There was Friend, Sontag, and... Uh, ah, Tollard. Tollard. Very good, very good think, for them. Yeah. No x-rays in the main. No Mayakos, unfortunately. No. Um, which else? There was Bornhorst and Lime were S-Works. Um, a lot of Rose. HBs for... Oh, yeah, Rose, too. So a good showing for them. Four HBs in the main. A lot of Technos, too. Three Technos. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Uh, Richard Saxton takes 40-plus Nitro Bucks. Zero, Zero Mugens, by the way. Zero Mugens. Richard Saxton... Takes your win in 40 plus, uh, followed by Greg Degani, Brenton Thelke, Justin Watson, Drew Spurgeon. Uh, by the way, Greg also ran 40 plus Nitro Bug, Nitro Truck, uh, Sportsman Nitro Truck. Sorry, Sportsman Nitro Buggy win. We saw Devin DeCastro win, Trevor Olins, Chase Antel, Nicholas LeDuc, and Dylan Hyde are your top five. Uh, so let's go to, I'm not going to go through all the electric truck means sorry guys just there's a lot of them um let's see i want to talk about uh 40 plus nitro truck which dagani ran right so he he sorry no that's intermediate nitro truck shout out to the intermediate night just trying to shout out to everybody that not pretty well uh so greg dagani he had to run he ran 40 plus night truck and he runs a he runs a techno truck. So he had to wear something that you know that he always teases me. I'm surprised that kudos to Techno for getting a 6X. I don't know where they got it from, but they found a shirt big enough to fit Greg Degon. He always teases me about my shirts. Says that my shirts are too big, even though he wears one size bigger than me. But uh they got him, they made him wear a techno shirt. And I thought it was epic. He sent me the picture and he goes, if I win, I get 200 bucks or something like that. So, you know, he does it all for the money. And uh, we have Greg Degani there. 
supporting sporting a techno shirt that looks kind of tight. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was thinking like maybe, maybe that's as high as the highest the scale on the shirts go. You know. I know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a five. But think, but think of like the branding space. Like that must be the biggest techno logo at the track. <laughs> he would tease me about this. We're in a Mayako hat, by the way. We have great. Yeah, look! Look how small that logo on the hat looks compared to that T-shirt. Like, imagine you know, like Fee wearing an HB shirt, like probably half the size of that techno logo. Well, I mean, if Fee, Fee wore this there. shirt, he yeah. would not. He would not exist. It would just. Be I bet shirt. that. I bet that shirt is longer than Fee. I bet it's longer than Fee too. Yeah. You know, I bet you know he always says I wear like tents. Well, this is. Definitely tent size right here. But uh, congratulations to everybody that, that won their respective means. We can't go through all the winners and losers of this, but uh, it seemed to be a great race. I thoroughly enjoyed the coverage online. Uh, that, was, that was what I got to see. Like I said, I wasn't there, so I don't know everything that happened. Uh, if it was a good race. It was had some great racing. We had great racing in all, all the pro a mains, we had great racing in the B mains. We had some controversy. We have X ray team orders. We have all this cool stuff going on. And uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly. <laughs> X ray team orders. <laughs> you not heard that? You must be lagging so much right now. No, I was, I was kind of like, I was waiting for you to give yourself up, and then you just had a smirk. So I, I, you, I couldn't hold it back. Anymore. I tried to. There. I tried to let it slide, but I couldn't. Here you go. Here you go, Testament. Earn your stripes. Take out a killing. Take out a killing. Um, Max, you know what? We're gonna do should we, should, I have a rant planned. Should we do the rant? Uh, but this is a, a thoughtful rant. Uh I want to do hot laps real quick. Hot race, hot laps real quick. Max, little bump. Um Unbelievable. Uh, Marco Barufalo. Um, maybe it's his time now. A silver stick. Um, well, it's going to sound harsher than it is, but shadow of its former self. Really? Yeah. I remember those silver states where, you know, the track was like, oh, it was dry. It was rough. It yeah, was, okay, it's okay. almost like you're racing in the desert. It's well, you were 50 racing degrees. In the desert. Yeah. It was 50 degrees Celsius. You mean you know? outdoor silver state. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I don't even mean like, uh, uh, what you call it? The tracks of Las Vegas. I mean like Boulder, like when okay. McBride okay. won it, you know, you mean when the whole back straight area was just sand. Yeah, I remember yeah. my first time I've gone. Okay, yeah, I would agree yeah. there. I would agree there. Dakota Fend. Uh, um, proving me right. Jared Tebow. <laughs> um, I'd say finding his feet at the moment. You know. Oh, okay. Ty Tasman. Ty Tasman. I ruined Tasman. Uh, fading away. Yeah, harsh. I know, harsh, but 
to be honest, like you remember a guy who won what Raw Nationals, what three in a row or something like that. DNC swept classes, won the worlds, finished third at the next worlds, then switched chassis and. Well, he, he got a Roar Nationals and a Vice Championship at the Worlds, but since then, you know. Techno RC. Um, I don't know. Uh, they have won two of the major thing. races this year. Yeah, they have. It's, I don't know. There, there must be a word for it. They're, it's not an underdog, but it's kind of like making it happen. You know, okay. they're making it happen. One more, and then I'm gonna let you go, and then you could you could try. And Dude, you it. have so many. How the fuck do you come up with this? Because we just had a great race. Yeah. Hot race versus JC. Um. It's what thirty-five to one. <laughs> Okay. In big race wins, you know. Okay. But I comment. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. But yeah, I think I mean it's probably yeah. okay. I, okay. I I I kind All of right. need to figure some out for you. Um, Make it fast. Indoor racing, Waitzka. So much better when you have open sides. Yeah, I agree. You need sun. Eight scale needs sun, you know, or wind. Yeah, better with those type um, of tracks that I went to at North Georgia Shootout. Um, I don't know. Did I ask you eat truggy last week? Probably, but my answer is not the same. Is the same. Yeah. The um, future. <laughs> the future. Oh my god. Um, Come on, Max. You're not asking me the hard questions. Yeah, I need to give you a good one. I'm trying to. I have lots of like weak ones, but I need to find a good one. Uh, in America. Oof. Either two things: pump money into FCJ, or yeah. hire somebody. Yeah, well, that too. Um, uh, I need to get at least one more. Um, one more. Um, I'm I'm bad at this, dude. All right, that's it. You're done. You know what? We're going into a we're going. We have for the second week in a row, we have a JQ racing wrap because this is about you know getting things. You know, this is actually about- good. You know, when it's JQ racing brand, a brand that doesn't exist anymore, it's. <laughs> We you know it's going to be a good round. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. All right, and we are back for a JQ Racing rant. And this rant is all about IFMAR and the interim president that is Jeff Parker. Before I go on any further, I would like to play a clip 
from a recent episode that I done this year with the new reigning Aurora president Clayton Young. Do forgive the quality of the clip. I did download this off Instagram. I don't think, I don't think it's called raining. I think it's called sitting. What are you talking about? Re- sitting, raining, sitting, raining, raining. I don't know. I think no, it's a rating champ. So it's kind of unexpected to be upside down um, coming in. Because um, I was in the committee before, and there was still a significant chunk of change in the bank. But when I took over, there wasn't anymore. Was so, you surprised by that? I Yeah, I was a little, I, I was definitely surprised. Did I you? didn't expect to owe more than we had. So, What was the, did they give any uh, like reasons for it like that was cap- acceptable? Um acceptable they gave uh what they could best figure out which was the racing was costing thirty thousand more a year than they were bringing in for racing okay Um, which prompted the prompt firing of jeff parker from rmt because everything for the racing was running through jeff parker services so to try and figure out what's going on there you kind of have to clean you'd have to start fresh and figure it out you did say Alrighty, so uh, I I forget which episode that was, but it was a couple of weeks, I think, early on this year, not too long ago. So here we have uh, uh, Clayton Young telling us that Jeff Parker has now been fired from Raw and not affiliated with Raw, basically because uh, when they took over, Raw was twenty thousand dollars in the hole. Uh, they also have repeatedly tried to contact Jeff Parker to get back equipment that belongs to Roy, and he has, he has repeatedly not answered any of their emails. So I, you know, I, Max and uh, our, our think tank, which includes uh, BJ, went and done some research about this because, you know, Jeff Parker is the interim president of IFMAR at the moment. Uh, IFMAR is the ultimate and overall world federation uh, that has many names. It's, you know, obviously maybe IFMAR and the No Name RC podcast don't have the best relationship after they shut down our if lefty for IFMAR president campaign a few years ago. But I still am a firm believer in IFMAR. We need it. I love the worlds. I got to be a part of it last year and whatnot. So uh, basically we wanted to find out what the status of Jeff Parker is as he's now no longer a part of Roar or any federation. How is it that he is still the interim president of IFMAR? By the way, he took over this uh, this after Dallas passed away. And this is what happens. He, I believe he basically just got grandfathered into this. So I'm not saying that he actually wanted this, but this is what happened. So the rules state as this. Let me find them. I just have them. Do you have them right there, Max? Uh, so the rules states, maybe you can read it out as you read it a little better. So coming from, I have it coming from uh, Clayton Young. He says, according to their constitution, he must be a part of an IFMAR block. I've emailed, he says, basically I've emailed IFMAR about his removal from raw, as well as sent the following email saying, we will not reimburse any expenses incurred by Jeff Parker. So who knows? Maybe he has some expenses incurred with, with, um, with IFMAR that Roar yeah. might have to pay. So basically how it says in the rule book 16.1 appointment, the directors are appointed by the general meeting for a period of four years and can be reelected. 
The members of the board must represent the active members of IFMAR. Each active member appoints his candidate and representative separately to the board. Proposals for such positions must be submitted to the secretariat secretary at least 40 days before the general assembly in case of vacancy during a mandate. A temporary administrator may be appointed by the board of directors. In this case, he completes the mandate of the director and replaces until the next general meeting. Directors can be dismissed by general assembly with two, sorry, this is 16.2. They can be dismissed by general assembly with a two thirds majority or active members. Each member of the board, each member of the board of directors may resign after a written notification to the board of directors. A director must continue to execute his mandate after he has submitted his resignation until he can be re- reasonably be replaced. Uh, he is not a fic- affiliated with Roar. He does not re- represent an active member of IFMAR. Therefore, Jeff Parker cannot be, cannot hold the office of president at this moment, but he still does. Yeah. So, so basically right now what is needed is that the people who are in the board of IFMAR is to vote him out because he is according to their rules. He is not uh, fit to be the president because of his position. It's not, it doesn't credit it. And that means that there has to be uh, another person submitted as director of IFMAR. And I think this is thoroughly needed. Because if my, I have to say it out loud, that it's at the, at the form it is right now, it's a joke of an organization, really. There, there really isn't anything that they are doing well. The only thing that they have is the title of being the official world championship of RC racing. But their website just looks ridiculous. There is barely any news of anything. Um, World Cup of e- one eighth e buggy was released very late. Uh, only like official things they do is uh, like post, you know, the uh, battery lists uh, and and things like this, but. In, in reality, that goes through the federations first. So they don't even do the work there. They just publish something. As, uh, well, I'm, why I'm saying this is because it's now, what, uh, May of 2023, and we're supposed to be having a Worlds next year, September of 2023. So now we have about a year and a half left before the next Worlds. And from what my sources tell me, it's going to be in Brazil, but there's no official ruling. You would think that we would want to get an official ruling on this, right? Steph, and we look, the nationals are coming up here that qualify for this for America, which is about 30 spots, I would say. That's coming up in less than a month, right? So we still don't know where this race is going to be. The world's biggest, most important RC race. We don't know where it's going to be. Nobody has any rules. People can't even, I mean, maybe they can't start planning because they haven't done the nationals, but at least we should know where it's going to be. And well, then yeah. I and just... on top of top of all that, just like not knowing the location, is that it's it's not only about not knowing the location. It's about actually IFMA doing the work to confirm that the host is fit to actually ex- execute the world championships and to a standard that is needed. And if if you don't know 
who is going to host the Worlds a year in advance? How do you know that they are able to even host an international event? You know, and I, because I don't think there is any uh, big well, there'll probably be a warm up venues. Well, so well, yeah, I, but, I, I but do the know thing that is, the, like, it's hard to change the venue after they have well, the venue. Right? I know that the venue, because look, no world is cheap, right? I saw how much money that the that the boulders put into the Redavon worlds. Not they, the facility is just there, but all the other stuff they did, like they had connexes and tents and ble- all that stuff bought in. So I know for a fact that the people that are going to, that want, that are proposed to hold this race are ready to invest the money in needed to make the facility what it is, right? They have this space that they, they have to make the track a little bigger. They have to do things like that. They have everything they need to do. They just need to get the okay from the worlds to let them know so they can invest the money. They're looking at spending forty to fifty thousand dollars on this themselves, right? Uh that's what I'm told. I just wish they would hurry up and make some decisions here so both parties can get along with it. The track can get along with it. If it's not going to be in Brazil, where is it going to be? Is it going to be in America like it's supposed to be with the dates? But because of COVID, we have to go back to a thing. Okay, let's just figure out where it's going to be so people can start planning. Uh, this is a big event. That track has a now has a year and a half. So they have like they just need to get up, like get up off their hands, take like stop sitting on their hands and let's get let's get some decisions made. But then again, I see who the president is and I understand why we can't get decisions made. The same man who talked about radio impong podcast. Radio imponged at the last nationals I attended. So um look, uh if Mar, you need to really check your rules. You have uh, a player, a person that's the interim president who is, by your rules, not allowed to be a president. He's also not allowed to be a part of the raw block, which is trying to get back on their feet. He actually owes money to them, apparently, and doesn't want to answer their questions, answer emails. So what type of IFMAR president is that? And here we are. We have the biggest eight-scale race in the world every two years and we're a year and a half out from when it's supposed to happen and we don't have any location. We don't have any information. Nobody knows what's going on. I think it's time people got some answers. And if you want some answers, I don't even know who you can send it to to complain because it ain't no real communication going on with IFMAR. So I don't know. Bombard the Facebook page, whatever. I don't know. We need some answers here. We need some answers. That's all I'm going to say. And that's what the JQ Racing Rant is about this week. Yeah, and like, it's it's actually a serious issue. It's about, you know, the future of RCS. Yes. Like, if Ma is very much responsible for that. And that's like one of the main reasons why there is such a organization as IFMA. And I think just uh, we have... We have spent a lot of time in RC to make things better, Mo- like all, all of the people who are in RC. But if the federations just don't do anything, it's never going to get better in the long term because there's no not anything like written down, nothing put into the system where the change happens. It's on the hands of the people who actually make those races or organize those races. So if IFMA works as it works now, it's it's useless and it actually makes RC racing worse. Not like it doesn't keep it the same. It makes it worse. I would agree. I would agree. All righty. I think that's it for us. I think we had a nice geek out on the silver state race. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this, let us know. Like I said, we, we geeked out on this just on the coverage. We were not there. 
We're just geeked out on the race and what we can see. Obviously, we might not have got everything correct. But uh, if you was there, let us know that we might have missed on something. I didn't hear too much, you know, over the weekend. Uh, I enjoyed the coverage. Thank you to BJ for his notes. Thank you to Max for helping us out with the notes. Uh, I want to shout out and say thank you to High Tech as well. Uh, Max is now running their service. But High Tech also went 50, is going 50 this year, founded in 1973. High Tech RCD began as an exporter of light emitting diodes with a mission to bring bargaining technology to a worldwide audience. The founders quickly recognized the fast pace of the radio-controlled industry and growth there and then set their sights on researching radio and servo technologies. Here they are 50 years later, still as one of the highest and most quality group of servo makers in the industry. You can now check out all their new servo lines as well as their charger lines. Uh, we have links for that in the written description of the podcast. And thank you, High Tech RC, for their continued support. Uh, Max, I want to thank you for your time. It was great recording. We kind of wasn't planning on this, but we did. I'm off to Portugal. We probably will be doing some live shows from Portugal as well. JQ and everybody, we're not going to test out some gear here that I have. Uh, thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do this without you guys. Keep on liking, hitting that sub button, hitting that like button, uh, notification button on YouTube. If you're listening to this on the audio application, please uh, leave a review. Also, if you can, please share this. I know we have some groups out there. We have a group out there. Share what we're saying. Uh, we want to grow this as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you to the patrons of the NNRC. You'll get early releases of this as well as the, the, the YouTube members. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, please follow everything that I'm going to be doing over in Portugal. I think I'm going to be the only real media over there. So everything will be coming through me. There might be some other guys there. And I'll be working with the Portuguese Federation uh, doing the Maybe coverage. Chris? Chris no, because there's a French Nationals on that weekend. Okay. So he will be there from what I'm told. I think y'all will be taking pictures. Y'all soars. He, he's a good okay. photographer, apparently. Um, I look forward to that. Uh, there are, I, I, the nationals are coming up. We got Lone Star coming up. That's two big races as well. We got World's Warm Up coming up already. Uh, booked Mexico's favorite racer, favorite ten scale racer for that. He'll be there. So we're going to do a full recap on that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to the nationals yet. I'm still waiting to hear if I'm going or not. But as of now, I'm not. But <laughs> uh, which is, I hope I am. But it's not long, long, far away. So um, maybe we'll see what happens with that. And there are some talks that I will be going to some races in the summer. Wicked Weekend being one of them. We'll see how that works out. Uh, thank you to all the sponsors of the podcast. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sampadal USA, Sidewinder Fuel. Congratulations, Sidewinder. A little bump came second. He's drawn Sidewinder, by the way. Techno RC, Hot Race Tire. Shout out to Nicola. Everybody's happy. Uh, don't forget, Bobby, to bring me a nice Hot Race hat at uh, for in Portugal so I can wear no, I don't get this one all dirty and sweaty. Uh, shout out to Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA. Uh, shout out to Carl RC, uh, my good friend who's helping me out here. WRCE, doing some great work there, Danny Paz. Uh, House of RC, shout out to our drivers, David Runnefeld, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, and Alexander Hagberg. Shout out to all you guys. We can't do it without you. Max, one of the rare podcasts that we have you at the end. If you have camera on. Yeah. So I would like to say Nitro is the glory. E-buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Congratulations to Techno RC, Marco Baruffalo, uh, Little Bump, 
Ryan Mayfield, Dakota Fenn, all the guys there, David Olsen, all those young, all these guys who won intermediate and got their respective podiums in the lower classes uh, of Silver State. We look forward to the next race. Max and Lefty were out. Max giving the salute. Quite less arrogant as I thought you would be this weekend. Max. Yeah, I kind of thought like I don't want to be knowingly arrogant because people deep down in the head know that the European came to America and swept the rug with all the Americans. He did do that. He did do that. And the, Marco Baruffalo, the hero we didn't expect, but the hero we deserve. He deserves a Batman signal, in my opinion. M3. M3. Well done, M3. Party in, I hope his, I think he's going to IBC. Party in Italy. Party in Italy. Now it's Angara's got to come up. Angara's got to come up. Apply the pressure. Lefty, Max, we're out. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We will talk to you next week.